Welcome to LDS Mission Cast, a podcast to educate and inspire in the great cause of missionary work. This is your host, Nick Galetti. Missionaries go out on missions and they come home from missions. In a previous episode of the LDS Mission Cast, we interviewed Kathleen Sheffield and talked about this idea of reacculturation of missionaries after coming home. Today, we have our first recently returned missionary in Julianne Bringhurst. She served a mission in Omaha, Nebraska. And at the time of our interview, she'd only been home for four weeks. As anyone who served can tell you, four weeks is still in that time frame where adjusting to non-full-time proselyting is a challenge. Julianne shares some of her favorite mission stories, as well as some of the challenges that she's faced in that reacculturation process. We also have on, as part of our interview, her father, Jason Bringhurst, who shares what he is doing as a parent to help ease that transition as well. It's one of the sides of this challenge that we don't often bring up when we talk about the reacculturation process. Jason is also a dedicated listener to the show, and we kind of sprung on him uh, a little side interview that, uh, that centered around his experience in sharing our interview, our podcast, with Dusty Smith on his blog. He had some unique experiences as a result of his sharing the gospel online through his blog, Rocky Mountain Sunshine. Following their interview, we have a Latter-day Live segment from Sean Rapier, where he talks with comedian and keynote speaker, Megan Bryant. Here now is our interview with Julianne and Jason Bringhurst. Our guests on this episode of the LDS Mission Cast are a father and his daughter, although we'll be spending much more time with the daughter, I think, because she is a recently returned missionary. We have Jason and Julianne Bringhurst. Welcome, you two. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you. So, Julianne, you just came back from your mission about a month ago as of the recording of this episode. Where did you serve? I served in the Nebraska-Omaha mission. Okay. That's the big steak capital, right? Everybody eats a lot of Omaha steaks. That's what, <laughs> from what I hear. Is that true? Is that a big deal to them? Uh, yeah. Like, they're pretty well known for steaks. Yeah, they're pretty well known for their steaks. Yeah. If you tell them that you've never had a steak before, most likely they'll be feeding you a steak the next dinner appointment. <laughs> yeah, I had that. In my mission, I told people that, because my last name's Galetti, and I, for Southerners in Baton Rouge, that was hard for them to remember, pronounce, all that. So I told them, just think spaghetti Galetti. Mm-hmm. And for the next three weeks, everybody made a spaghetti for our dinner <laughs> appointments. So, I get that. Although too many people might not complain about getting steaks all the time, especially Omaha steaks. So your experience, you were gone for full 18 months? Yep. Let's let's kind of rewind back a little bit. When did you first decide that you wanted to go on a mission? So I didn't really think about it. Like I thought it would be cool when I was like in primary and all that, but it really hit me when the missionary age changed when Thomas S. Monson announced the change. So you took advantage of that. You were one of the early adopters of that. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. So as far as putting in your mission call and going through the whole process of preparing to go, one of the things that's fun in talking to return missionaries Mm -hmm. is that there are just fountains of wisdom of what they could have done or should have done to prepare. So what what are some of your advice, if you were to give advice to, to someone just going, you know, or preparing to leave on their mission, what would be some of the things you would tell them? So for the MTC, I would say learn as much as you possibly can. About what? 
just everything. That's actually, um, so I was really fortunate. Um, my mission president, he, before I left for the MTC, he called me and wow. just asked if I had any questions. And I said, how can I best prepare for the MTC? And he said, or like, what advice do you have for me for the MTC? And he said, just learn as much as you possibly can. So Wow, that's pretty cool. I don't know if I've ever heard of a mission president calling. Yeah. Before. That's great. <laughs> that's really cool. Who was your mission president? President Gardner. Okay. Don't know the name. That's all right. <laughs> Very cool, though. All right. So did you do that? Did that help you with your MTC experience? That really helped. Like, I loved the MTC. That was cool. Really? Yeah. So you were one of the people that loved it. What was your take on the food? Did you like it? I don't really know. Like, <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't hate it, but I also, like, thought it was great. So you went into the MTC. You were English speaking, correct? Yes. Okay. So you were in three weeks? Yes. Did you get to spend any time on Mormon.org or anything like that? I did not. Okay. Did you hear about that? I wasn't sure if yes. that was part of what was going on or not. I have heard about it. So I got to train a missionary uh, six weeks after I was in the mission field, which is not very common. You usually have to. Yeah, you're um, normally out a little longer. Yeah, you usually have to be out for like 12 weeks or so. And she actually was able to do that while she was in the MTC. Cool. But I didn't get that experience. Missed out. That's yeah. all right. I had to answer phones for people that were calling for VHS tapes. That's how long ago <laughs> I was doing it. Well, let's skip over to your father for a second because I know he served a mission too, right? I did. Yeah. Where did you serve? So I served in the Bordeaux, France mission. Um, Hence your daughter's there. name, I would assume. Exactly. <laughs> Julien is a, definitely a French name. We chose it in France, actually. Uh, when did you When did you go? I was in from 91 to 93. And so if you put the dots, connect the dots... Uh, Elder Neil L. Anderson was my mission president. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, you're now seeing your daughter go and come home. What were some of the challenges that you faced in in both aspects of that, going out and coming home? Yeah, that's a good question. It was really just a great experience from, from start to finish. Um, the actual dropping off of the MTC, being on the other side. Yeah. Um, I watched a very excited, happy, uh, young a missionary walk away with her suitcase, and they have a nice, you know, sister missionary there to greet her. Our van was silent as we drove away. We were completely silent. Few little tears. We didn't know <laughs> what to say or anything. It was it was a it was quite a shock to to the family. We're we're a family with six kids, and and Julian's the oldest. But immediately we just started seeing blessings from it, uh, and it was really a neat experience. We le- looked forward to those Mondays when we got the emails. Every Sunday, we had kids, you know, coloring pictures and sending them, nice. sending them off to to the mission. It just became part of our our family. We actually kind of miss it now. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're waiting for the email every Monday and doesn't come. So. <laughs> well, she can still do that. <laughs> so you you guys, if I remember correctly, they kind of stopped doing any kind of presentation together where the parents and the the missionary are kind of together, right? And they they you literally just. Like a, at an airport drop-off. You just drop them off and they walk off, right? Yeah. They suggest you go somewhere else, take the pictures, do all that, because once you're there, it's very organized and you are quickly helped unload the van or whatever you have and, and uh, they're off. And, uh, in fact, um, when I was there, I have this, you know, 
iconic picture of me next to this big uh, concrete uh, sign that says Missionary Training Center. Yeah. So I'm like, we've got to get this picture. It's gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they removed it. They they really want all the pictures taken somewhere, somewhere else. else. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you could go back now and get it. Um, so you you have this coming off the plane experience, right? At Salt Lake City Airport that I mm-hmm. see so much as I travel. You had this moment where you reunited. What's it like? Is it like you expected it to be or like all the movies show? It's better. Yeah. Honestly, um, I didn't, I kind of like wanted to hold on to Nebraska, but as soon as I saw my family, I was really, really, really happy. Very cool. So let's talk more now about this process of readjustment. You know, we'll we'll get to the how parents can help maybe adjust or help the missionary adjust. But from your perspective, again, you've only been home a month, which is still pretty fresh. What have been some of the challenges that you've had to face as you've readjusted it, reacculturated, as it said? For me, I've learned I've been like a new daily routine that's been like. So you don't wake up at six in the morning and read your scriptures right away. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> I. Have an alarm for six thirty, but I usually snooze it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which is yeah, not good. I want to invent an alarm with a shock on the, <laughs> on the snooze button. <laughs> that might be more efficient. Of course, maybe nobody will buy it. So, what else? What other things have you changed of, of your routine? This is kind of bad on my part, but I don't exercise every day. You did um, that on your mission every day. Every day, hmm. I'd exercise and. Now, instead of studying at, like, the apartment that we were at, I actually uh, study scriptures at my dad's work for a little bit, and then I head off to work. Oh, okay. That's pretty nice to have your dad employ you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty nice. Other things would be, like, you're obviously with the family, so you don't have— I would usually uh, be fortunate enough to have a member to have dinner with, so it's usually just with the family. How was the being alone aspect? Super, super weird. Yeah. <laughs> now, why was it weird? I mean, have you thought about it as to what, what made it so weird other than just someone's not around? So what, why is that different now? I think just because, like, you get so used to it. It's like one of the rules as missionaries, like, you're always supposed to be with your companion. It's just, like, it feels... I don't really know how to explain it. It just feels right. weird. It's not like part of your daily routine anymore. Sometimes my siblings thinks it's really weird whenever like I want them to like read a text for me before I send it or like <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um just uh do weird things like still listen to my mission approved music or I don't know. One of the really funny things, if I, I can just tell a little quick story. Yeah. So if you've ever seen the missionaries now, they have a rule that one of them needs to guide the other person out when they're backing out a car. Oh, yeah, we had that. For several times, every time I'd put the car in reverse, she'd be like, do you want me to guide you out? I'm like, no, no, we're good. <laughs> we're not going to have you jump out and guide us back. And she was really nervous that we did not do that. <laughs> You're going to hit something. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's part of the routine, right? You just, you say it's just part of what you do so mm-hmm. what about the whole dating thing that's always a fun one have you have you gone on a date yet i have not yet okay i've yeah that's a goal but <laughs> it's a goal <laughs> um, all right. haven't 
really gotten to know anybody quite yet. That's, I guess, like another thing that's been kind of hard is like coming back home and like all of my friends that I had when I was home, like are out on missions now. So it's like getting to make new friends and uh, getting to know new people and also like the old people that you like kind of knew that were more acquaintances and becoming like closer to them has been different. How different was it for you? Did did your family feel like the same people you knew or did they change a lot? I feel like in some aspects there were some good changes. Like something I feel like that has really helped me is I feel like my dad is a really good example of just like how a returned missionary should be. I know that we tend to like talk a lot about mission experiences, which has been super, super helpful. And the places where I feel like my family's different, I guess like I just didn't notice this before I left on my mission. But like when I first returned home, like we weren't watching mission appropriate movies. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. realize like. Man. To be clear, th- yeah. that's Disney movies that are not <laughs> yeah. mission appropriate. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just kind of like, uh, let's watch like Joseph Smith movie or like The Restoration. Or <laughs> so you really, I mean, this sounds like you you kept kept the rules. You followed the program. You mm. did you did what you could on your mission to follow those rules and things like that. So when you come home. Was it a sense of, I'm doing something wrong? Or Um, is it that it was just not a pattern of your life and so it was kind of uneasy? A little bit of both. Um, Okay. You feel like like you still want to keep those, like, really high standards you had on your mission. And I feel like it's just understanding, okay, what are the new rules now? Like, you don't want to bring everything that you had from your past back, like— best way that I can explain it is like a, an old t-shirt or something like that you see again like do you really want to keep that t-shirt or do you want to like bring a more appropriate t-shirt okay that, I don't know if that made any sense but no, I you get rid of the old and bring in the new and and yeah and you put on something that's more fitting to who you are now yes okay well, I can see that. I know a lot of times when missionaries come home, they feel like they need to kind of rewind the last 18 to 24 months and see what they missed. That's what they always say, too. I, I got to see what I missed. And I wonder if if you felt any pressure to do that, like that you felt like you missed out on things that were happening outside of mission life while you were gone. Not really. Like there was a lot of really good support from um, members be uh, while I was serving one member she basically told us that like she had the opportunity to go home for a little bit when she was like nine months into her mission and something that she realized was that like nothing really changed and that's a kind of perspective that I like kind of added as I was serving is that like I don't need to worry about home because not a whole lot will really change in a sense and like yeah music there's going to be new music there's going to be new movies but honestly in like the whole spiritual perspective 
not a lot will change. Like the gospel is always going to be the same. And um, I think that's like the important part that I feel like missionaries, return missionaries need to realize is that your purpose as a missionary and as a member are the same. It's to invite others to come into Christ and help them receive the restored gospel. And although you're not doing it 24-7, that's still part of your purpose and it's like how you choose to like use your agency in the best way that you can to fulfill your purpose. Missionaries often talk about when they come home how much they need to change. And I think that you're right. I think part of it is is it's not supposed to be this light switch life where we turn it on and turn it off. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to take our mission experiences and add that to our own life. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason, on your side, <laughs> knowing as a return missionary that there are changes, there are things that you would have to adjust to, how now as a parent do you help guide your child to reacculturate back into non-missionary life, non-full-time missionary life? <laughs> So one thing I've tried to do is just kind of relish the moment because as a return missionary, she is still kind of on fire with missionary work. You know, for example, we had a contractor over painting our house. We're getting ready to move. And and, uh, next thing I know, she's talking about the gospel with him. And that's awesome. I mean, I love that. Wow, awesome. And so, you know, you don't want to squash any of that. Been very careful to leave the radio off when we're in the car not have the TV on, just kind of relish this time. I think that the siblings were excited excited to, you know, hey, here are all the movies that you yeah. missed. <laughs> you know, did you know that this new CD came out? And we've we've really tried to put the brakes on all that. Just, you know, it'll happen over time. You know, good movies that we watched, you know, songs that we listened to. Let's just let's just ease into everything. We don't need to, you know, jump off the high dive and go straight down. I think that Again, as a family, you know, not like we're doing things bad, but I think that she can help elevate us a little bit, not just having her, you know, come back to, to our level of just watching whatever. We're, we're trying to ease back in, but also I, I don't want her to lose all these great habits. That's the hard thing is now you've learned, you know, what it's like to open up the scriptures and really study and really just dive in and, and feast on the words of Christ it's hard when you come back to really set that time apart. And so really hoping that we're helping her to establish patterns outside of the mission that'll continue that uh, that gospel study. And that's part of what makes a mission so fantastic, right, is that deep spiritual experience. And then sometimes we come home and think that that's what needs to go away or that we can put those things away and retain that same spirit. But Really, it really does come down to making sure we keep those habits up. That's very good sacrifice, though, on part of the parents (laughs) and the kids to not push those things because that is part of their life while you were gone, Mm -hmm. right? And they want to share that with you, too. Now, what's your challenge as far as moving forward now, schooling and and career? Do Do you feel like you've got any pressure in that regard? A little bit. (laughs) Self-imposed or from just that's how life goes or what? A little bit self-imposed just because like like, I'm like feeling like I really should already be signed up for everything right now. But something, a lesson that I've been learning a lot recently is that it just all is, it's going to work out. It's just on the Lord's timing and that 
obviously, like schooling is one of those things that is important and that you need to focus on. But as far as like career-wise go, some advice that I'd personally like to share is that if you're still undecisive about your career as a returned missionary, really like do what you did when you had problems with investigators. If you weren't quite sure like what they needed to be taught next, ask Heavenly Father, like, what do you want me to do? And um, slowly, it may not be like a quick answer all at once, but he'll be able to let you know or have you decide for yourself um, what to do career-wise. Very cool. So to close up, do you have a like definitive mission story from your mission that you could share that just, that's probably one of your favorite mission stories, I guess. This And it better be epic or people are going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) We had been praying for a while and my goal as a missionary, I wanted to not only invite somebody to come into Christ, but have them stay in the gospel. I remember we had been like praying for this, my companion and I, for a long while <laughs> to like be able to find somebody that will be converted to the gospel and just stay. The next day is Sunday and this lovely, lovely ward missionary tells us, she actually had been telling us for the past couple months, I have this, like there's this amazing person that I want you to meet. He wants to know more about the Book of Mormon And I was about to give him a copy, but he said that he's already got one. So I held the copy back. And so we were like, okay, let's meet this guy. And so within, it was either that week or the next week, we had our first lesson with him, restoration. And his mind is just like blown. He's like, whoa. I'll definitely pray about the Book of Mormon. So he commits to praying to know if the Book of Mormon is true, but he doesn't commit to baptism. My companion and I, for like the next six weeks, we keep uh, trying to teach him, trying to find out like what does he need. And um, he keeps saying, I'll keep reading, but I'm not quite sure about baptism yet. I will get baptized, but like, don't know when, sort of thing. And so we were like, That's like pretty when good. I, yeah, when I, he said, when I find out if it's true or not, like, I'll get baptized, sort of thing. How far out in your mission was this? How how long have you been serving? I had been serving for about ten months. Okay. So then I get transferred to a new area, and it's about uh, four weeks later I get this email from my past companion, and she's like. He committed to be baptized. Like, he's going to get baptized this Saturday. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, I need to find a ride. <laughs> and so, And I'm serving in a branch at this time. So in this branch, we're not visiting members a whole lot. As far as, like, missionary meals goes, there's not a whole lot of member involvement in that. And so there's... One sweet member that said, I'll give you a ride uh, there, which is actually a two-hour drive. So it's— No, that's not a small deal. Yeah, that's—yeah, <laughs> it was really, really sweet of her to do that, to drive us to 
to Omaha where I had previously served. And we were able to watch him get baptized. And there were, like, so many miracles behind that, like him actually getting baptized. Tell us one. Like— If uh, you feel comfortable. Yeah, totally. So something—I didn't know about this until, like, I was at his baptismal service. But so the two missionaries that were serving— there, my previous companion and a new missionary, um, they had emailed president that week and they had told, or no, not that week, but the previous week saying that we have a baptismal date for our investigator. He is going to get baptized like near the end of January and it was near the end of December around this time which was really, really amazing because we had been, like, teaching him since August. And so a good bit. Yeah, good bit. <laughs> they get an email back from our mission president, and he told the missionaries to move the date up. Really? Yeah, and they were freaking out a bit because they were like, uh, <laughs> like, we just finally committed him to a date. Like, how, what, how is he going to, like— move the date forward and so they talk about it pray and all that and so then the next Sunday they talk to their investigator about it and ask him could we move the date up and then he said I'll think about it I'll talk about it with you and then after the end of church he goes up to them and is like okay I'll get baptized It'll be this Saturday. And so they're like, okay. So moved it up even more. <laughs> yeah. So he moved the date way up to actually he would get bab- the dates that he chose. He'd get baptized the day right before his birthday. And then he'd get confirmed on his birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Pretty cool. Yeah. Super, super awesome. cool. Was this your first baptism in the mission? This was actually my third. Okay. So why was this one what you chose? Why was this one so impactful for you? So this one, I'd been working with him a lot. So many prayers. I, like, was really just determined, like, that he would have the desire to be baptized and that that everything would go according to Heavenly Father's plan. And... Seeing that those prayers were answered and that all of the nights of just praying that everything would work out and that he would continue growing up in the gospel even after, like, I had left that area, I kept praying for him. It just was a real testimony builder that, like, he will help you find those that are being prepared and help um, them receive into the gospel and the other ones that had been baptized, I had, like, only taught, like, one lesson to them or, like— So this was more from the beginning of the process. Yes. Got so, it. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that means coming up in January, he could be going to the temple. You saving up your airline miles to, uh, <laughs> to go back, maybe? I want to so badly. I don't know how that's all going to work. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for coming in and talking about this and, and sharing your experiences. Going on a mission is its own challenge, but coming home is its own challenge too. So stick with it 
and uh, it sounds like you got a pretty great dad that's willing to help you through it too. Yeah. Awesome. I I do want to ask you a side question. You were the one that shared our podcast episode with Dusty Smith. Mm -hmm. And as a result of sharing that, I understand you got some serious, <laughs> serious flack for sharing that episode yeah. amongst a certain uh, not so favorable to the church community. Yeah, If you wouldn't mind sharing some of your experience, sharing it on your blog and give your, give your blog address too. Sure. Yeah, so um, I really enjoyed your episode. Um, Thank you. And uh, and I've I've listened to to your podcast from the beginning, as I have with uh, Sean Latter Day Lives, his Latter Day Lives podcast. And Sean, when he had started his podcast, one of the things that I really thought was cool about it is that people can find it two, three years from now, and and it's always there. I had uh, mentally been trying to make a better effort at sharing inspirational and gospel topics on Facebook, but that gets lost so quickly. It does. If you don't see it within the first couple of days, you can't even usually go back and find what you'd posted. And so I thought <clears throat> that I wanted to start a blog and had started a blog um, called RockyMountainSunshine.com and had uh, just posted some different things that had happened to me in my mission. I uh, had served in a bishopric, had written a few bishopric messages, and then I was serving as a ward mission leader. And so missionary work was always on my mind, and and your episode, you know, really had me thinking. I mean, I kept thinking about that episode over and over about this this gentleman who had joined the church, found the church, served a mission, and then came back, went to law school, fell uh, away pretty heavy, fell away pretty heavy, and became just like uh, Alma the Younger, fighting against the church, trying to destroy it. Goes back to his mission, tries to. You know, tell people, listen, I was wrong. I mean, this was, you know, this <laughs> was a, an incredible story. But then through some miracles, he ends up coming back to the church. So I thought, you know, I, I wanted to share that story. But then I also thought, you know, I had my own story. I had my own story when I was uh, younger that I had left the church, not not in any type of uh, vicious way, just went inactive and, and didn't see its purpose in my life at that time. And uh, shared a little bit about that and then shared a couple other stories wrote it into a blog late one night when I couldn't sleep and uh, posted it. And uh, unfortunately, one of our neighbors read it and I think took it personally. Someone who has left the church posted it on uh, Reddit. And uh, it was an anti-Mormon, I don't know what they call it, ex-Mormon or something like that. And it just created this firestorm of uh, comments, people you know, really getting mean and sending me mean messages about uh, my blog, but it even got personal, like, you know, making fun of the way I looked and different things. And it just, it, it, it really, you know, you try not to let something like that get to you, but it's hard, you know? I mean, it's hard and you start thinking, well, I must have went through and reread that blog a hundred times trying to see, was there anything really offensive about that? And I talked to my bishop. I said, you know, I need to let you know that I have maybe, you know, done some damage here as your ward mission leader. And, <laughs> and, uh, and he, you know, assured me, he said, no, I, I, you know, I read the blog and I thought that it was great. And, and so I did a follow-up just to, as I'd taken some time to collect my thoughts and I didn't change anything. And my story is my story. And my blog's my blog, and it's about me. It's not about other people. Um, it was, you know, my take on how we could um, best serve others and help others who have left the church. And my, uh, through a lot of prayer and a lot of, uh, of thinking about this with family members that I have that have left the church, 
it comes back to love. And this is, this is everything that we've been taught. I mean, if you look back through, you know, several general conferences and, and multiple talks that the brethren have, have given us and the, the leaders of the church, it's it's all about love. It's yeah. loving these people. It's There's nothing that I can do, you know, when I was a ward mission leader or even as a brother or whatever it might be to convince someone of the truthfulness of the gospel. That's going to come from loving them. And then the the gist of the the blog was that let God do his work. Let the Savior reach out and bring them back at the right time. As long as you haven't ruined your relationship, as long as all you've done is love them, God's aware of them. Yeah. He, he knows what, what they're doing. He knows where they are. He knows them better than you know them. Let him bring them back. And people took offense to that. <laughs> people will take offense to anything then. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so I, you know, I felt really bad because uh, the people that I didn't know didn't bother me as much, but the people that I did know, and who knows, you know, if there are other people that I knew that, that took offense to it. But uh, my, you know, my goal obviously was not to uh, point fingers or prop myself up yeah. as being righteous or anything. It's just, it's what a blog is. It's my, it's my, you kind of open yourself up to, hey, this is what's on my mind. Well, and a lot of people fear doing missionary work because of your type of experience. Like they're really worried that when they put themselves out yeah. there, they're going to take those attacks. Yeah. But you're saying you do it again. Yeah. And that's that's what I had to, you know, I, I, my, my follow-up blog, I mean, I really had to do some soul searching. Like my first knee-jerk reaction is like, this is not worth it. I'm done. I'm not going to write another blog post ever. But then I thought, you know what? That's 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 not right. You know, that's not why I started it. I started it to uplift people and just, you know, share my faith and spread it. That's the reason for the name, spread a little sunshine, you know, scatter some sunshine. Yeah. And I think that I can still do that. And and there may be, you know, a few hot topics that people don't like. Um and so yeah, it's still going. I have not shut it down. <laughs> and it's called Rocky Mountain Sunshine. Rocky Mountain Sunshine dot com. Dot com. And are you going to continue that even though you're not going to be in the Rocky Mountains anymore? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I joked and said maybe we need to call it the Pacific Northwest uh, Misty Rain or something like that. But, yeah, we're go. moving to Port Angeles, Washington this Saturday. Very cool. But I'll keep the name. <laughs> that's where my, that's good my heart's here in the Rocky Mountains. Good so. brandy. Well, thank you both, and, and thank you for sharing the podcast. I'm sorry that it ended up becoming somewhat of a lightning rod to you, but at the same time, that's part of sharing the gospel is, you know, Christ endured that, and we all endure that as part of being ministers and sharing the gospel. It's not going to be universally accepted by everybody. So yeah. thank you again for sharing that, and I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Nick. And once again, from the Latter-day Lives podcast, this is Sean Rapier, and my guest is improv actor, author. Uh, she does workshops and all kinds of good in the world, and she is a comedian, Megan Bryant. Megan, so glad to have you here. Hi, happy to be here. Uh, so Megan, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on missionary work. I think that missionary work is often something that people overthink and they think it needs to be this really specific thing, either literally going and serving a mission or having that certain title or an experience that looks a certain way that is like from start to finish, this person learned about the gospel and now they're a member. But my attitude towards missionary work is just the way that we live should demonstrate the principles and the values that we learn at church. Um, I actually had an opportunity, one of my callings a few years ago as a ward missionary was to teach gospel principles each 
week. That was, I, I taught the Sunday school class and it was almost three full years that I had that calling. And so what I learned in that process was how amazing the principles really are and that we just need to really live them the best that we can and look for the opportunities to speak about it openly because that makes us nervous sometimes, but living a good life and treating other people with kindness and love and respect is the best way that we can just constantly be in missionary mode, really thinking about what it means to us to be members and carrying that love of Christ that he has for us and recognizing that he has that for everybody else. For me, I just sort of feel like I'm always in in missionary mode, speaking positivity and truth and love and allowing the spirit to touch hearts. And, and that's really what we should be, in my opinion, what we should be doing. We're not the ones that are the missionaries anyway. The spirit is. I love it. Megan Bryant can be found on social media. Follow her. She has so much wonderful insight from her life and how she applies her comedy and uh, improv to making the world a better place. And for LDS Mission Cast, I'm Sean Rapier. As always, I want to thank Sean Rapier from the Latter Day Lives podcast for his contributions. He does such a great job on that podcast. I really hope that you guys take the time to go listen each and every week. We have a link to his interview with Megan Bryant, which is absolutely incredible. It really is such a strong, powerful story of love and forgiveness worth checking out. We each have different experiences coming home from full-time missionary service. Oftentimes, the missionary has changed far more than the people coming home have changed. In that sense, time seems to take on a whole new meaning. Life takes on a new lens through which we view the people around us. When I first mentioned to some people in the missionary department of the church that I wanted to put on this podcast and get some feedback from them on the idea, I was told by one individual that the greatest need that the missionary department is facing right now is keeping missionaries active upon coming home. The adjustment process is more than just changing your daily schedule or some of the things that you do during the day. Coming home from a mission and staying active is a complex undertaking. And in my opinion, staying active is as important as going on a mission in the first place. We should seek to find ways to do both with honor, to serve and to return with honor. In future episodes, we will be spending a great deal of time talking about the challenges to coming home from a mission as it's so vitally important. So stay tuned and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the LDS Mission Cast. We do want to encourage people to share it. I can't promise that you will always have a positive experience, but I can assure you that so far we've had very few negative experiences or or challenging experiences similar to the one that Jason had. But uh, remember that you can listen to this episode or any of our past episodes at ldsmissioncast.com.